You're listening to a Dallas Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Dallas sports experience. Alrighty, guys, and welcome back to another episode. We're finally back. I know that we've had, let's see, uh, school and life has gotten in the way for some of us, and last week we had a technical difficulties, but we finally made it back. Ismail, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm just like, life's treating me well, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. That's good. That's good. Well, I wish we could say the same for our local team, FC Dallas. Um, let's see, last week they went up north and took on the Philadelphia Union. And you and I, if you and I were initially saying that, how we were feeling just a little apprehensive about how with this uh, revitalized Philadelphia, but um, FC Dallas kind of end up letting this one get away from them and end up losing uh, one to two. Just general thoughts on that game. So I think that the general thought that I think that most people should have after coming out of this game, the kids are good. This is where I would reference, stop asking players like Ricardo Pepe to um, start starting for FC Dallas. A big example, and it's not the kids' fault. It's not the kids' fault. I mean, they, they, they had to step in in a moment where three players were... Uh, suspended from the team due to actions that we have no knowledge of, you start Thomas Roberts for his first game against a very good Philadelphia side that has a system that counters our system. So, I mean, it's like it's these types of games that you have to remember that they're also kids. I think it also showed a tactical mishap in the system is that if your pass is good and if you're not accurate in your play a lot of chances and I think that was like very apparent in the second half and every single time we wanted to pass through the middle pretend we'd be losing the ball and that caused big havoc especially in the penalty kick play general mishaps kind of screwed this game up yeah I I, I echo what you said um, I don't think that the kids did too bad honestly um, kind of what I was writing what I wrote in my uh, match recap was uh yes thomas roberts started on the left wing and that's not his ideal position we all know that that kid is it does well playing in the center of the midfield but even that um he didn't get much of the ball and as a result of that he if you don't give him the ball he can't really do um much of the magic that he has it doesn't help that jesse arangis and uh, grezzo were all suspended uh, for violating a Team policy, and I know that they, everyone's like, "Oh, what did they do?" and what's happening. But good, good, good on the club, and I guess the coaching staff as well. That hey, that they have these rules, and that they're not going to let anyone break it. So uh, good job on the coaching staff for implementing their policies and having a firm hand and keeping control of the team, regardless of those being three pivotal players. They 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 really shorthanded the team. They they did not do the team any favors by eliminating eliminating themselves from the lineup. So again, it did open up the door and opportunity for Jimmy Maurer, Thomas Roberts, and um, Ja'Cory Hayes. And I don't think that Edwin or any of the midfield guys did bad. It's just they didn't get much of the ball. And 
to an extent, you know, having a guy like Grezzo, he, it kind of does help shelter that back line from the high pressing that we saw that Philadelphia does. But at the same time, what really concerned me the most was just how much emergency defending we were doing across that back line. And that back line kind of looked really hectic and unsure in a lot of the moments. And um, in particular, Reto and Matt were really spread thin because they had to do so much. I guess I would go as far as to say that we saw a, um, more uncharacteristic errors from those two guys. I don't know if I'm right in my assessment on that, but um, I, I felt like that they had a couple of more errors. And while I was watching the game, I became really frustrated and critical of Rito, actually. I just felt like he was out of position so many times and that he was just bombing forward when he kind of shouldn't be because then that just leaves a gap that either Hollingshead or Matt would have to fill in and then that kind of shorthands the back line considering that Philadelphia was throwing up so many guys. I mean, especially Aronson, that the Philadelphia's young kid, he looked really good and that just didn't help that he was giving Sergio and Paxton a hard time but I, yeah, I became a little critical of Reto. I, he, grant, granted, okay, before we continue, that was a very nice free kick that he took. And like everyone was saying, that he, Reto does smash those all the time in um, practice. So that was a very good goal on him. But um, going back to what I was saying, throwing himself out there, kind of hoping, relying too much on his experience. You know what I mean? I don't know. What, what, what do you, what do you, how do you feel like the back line did? So I, I mean, the main criticism I had of Reto is that play at the end of the game he defended extremely poorly and I'm re referencing the goal and yes Elsino had the cut on Ziegler came to support he just let him pass in with like without any any regard I think to the ball and I think it's just a momentary relapse but that momentary relapse is basically is kind of what cost us from getting a point out of this game and the thing is that you kind of expect probably the most veteran presence on the team to be able to 90 minutes out of the 90 minutes. And, but the thing is, I can't really blame him for much of the other part of the game. And there was so much pressure on the defense. And Reto is good. Matt is good. Uh, Cannon is good. Hollingshead has been amazing. But when, if you put them like under pressure like 70 out of the 90 minutes, they're going to crack. Any, any defense is going to crack. Right, right. And I mean, that showed with Hedges' play. I mean, like the penalty that he had to give away. Very lucky not to get a red card. But like, that, that, those, they, that's not something he can really defend. It's like when the ball is given away in the midfield and you let someone shoot freely from 30 yards out, something might happen from that. So I just think, I actually think that Part of the team that played um, relatively poorly, the midfield. And I mean, this is like you've got very young center midfielders in Hayes, Pomichol. But if you look at the passing, it wasn't Edwin who did the most missed passes. It's, it's Pomichol. So, and it's not like he had a bad game. When we saw him play, we thought he like still dictated the game pretty well. But there was too many missed passes. And when Philadelphia better passing accuracy than FC Dallas, a team that presses versus a team that possesses. Right. And I kind of feel like that's just been a weakness of um, FC Dallas the past couple of years. Even under Oscar, um, 
I felt like teams that knew how to press FC Dallas really well were able to shut us down. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is always Seattle in playoffs. Portland. There you go. Portland last year in the playoffs, they did a really good job of pressing us and that eliminated our entire playoff run. Um, but I felt like the team that did it such a good job against FC Dallas consistently over the past years. Uh, Peter Vermey's uh, Sporting Kansas City. They did a really good job every single time we played them. They always did a really good job of pressing us. So I felt like pressing just in general is has kind of been a weakness of FC Dallas teams in the past few years. But um, yeah, as the game progressed, I said, like, like you were saying, um, there's only so much that the defense can do when they're under uh, pressure for, for such long periods of the game. And really having a guy like Carlos Grezzo to shield your back line um, was sorely missed throughout this game. But um, overall, it was a, it's, it's a good learning experience for the, for the young guys. But um, kind of going or building off of how, how Boppy and Lucci believe in growing players, I'm not entirely worried. It's just a small, small concern is, okay, does this, high, does this negative result um, impact these young guys' growth? Only because with the, with the young guys, yes, everyone's so anxious and excited to um, get these young guys out. And, and like you were saying at the beginning of the show, um, it's it, just just because after this Philadelphia game doesn't mean that we need to be starting um, Beppe all of a sudden, because the 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 moment isn't right, and what something that uh, Lucci and Papi have both talked about is hey we got to make sure that the time is right for these young guys. I don't th- I don't think that because they went through this hard game that that hurts their growth and potential, but um, it's de- it definitely is an ideal. What do you think on that? I think that. Do you put Thomas Roberts out there for a game? Out, go out there and try his best. I mean, that's what he did. I don't think that this type of game. I think that a player like Brandon Servania would be ecstatic at a player of his level to finally make the field after a bit more than a year of being signed by being signed of FC Dallas. So I, I think that I mean like that, that. I think that's what Serrano said on his Twitter. I think he said disappointed with the results, but ecstatic after my vict- after my start and my 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 appearance. So I mean, it's if if you have a situation like the suspensions, confidence in these players, like allow them to go out there and have fun. And it's not an ideal game to do it against a very good Philadelphia team which has a system that can counteract ours very well. There, the, It was a situation that the co- um, coaching staff decided was um, important. The things that the three players did was bad enough that the coaching staff decided to drop them in a pretty big game. So, I mean, if that's the case and we won't push them for that, then play the kids, and they did. And results, if this game ended 12 minutes earlier, we would have won the game. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and that's the important thing is that um, FC Dallas led for a good chunk of this game. I mean, let's be honest. If we, if we knew that right from the beginning, well, I guess to an extent we did, but uh, if we knew that, okay, we're going into Philadelphia that has a Marco Fabian and a really good Philadelphia team that knows how to press and that we haven't seen much of a team that presses against FC Dallas, uh, we would have been rather content with a draw or uh, to, or a loss would have been 
been hard, but it would have been a good loss. But I think just part of the um, sadness is just that we were leading for a good majority of the time. And I guess now, now something that the coaching staff just uh, and the guys need to work on is just how to close out games. It's it's been a problem for a while. I mean, yeah, and it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just a Lucci thing. It's I mean, we saw that all the time with Boppy's teams as well. So I just think that this is not a great game to analyze. I mean, it would have been great, it would have been great to see FC Dallas team against what was a full strength Philadelphia team with those counteracting tactics and seeing how Agreso would have done against I mean, high pressing Co and David Com, but. We didn't get that. Instead, we had to have an 18-year-old try to deal with that, which it's like it's asking a lot for Sirio's, I think, fourth start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring up a good point. I, it would have been nice to have seen a full-strength FC Dallas team against that, and I do think that either the result we probably might have come away with the with the win, only just to see a Barrios and Santi go at go at a Philadelphia on the left, and then having a Paxton, Acosta, and Grezo holding on that midfield, but. Um, the result is the result. Uh, basically, it's, hey, take what you can gather from it and move on. And luckily enough now, FC Dallas will be taking on the Portland Timbers this Saturday. Uh, a Timbers that is struggling and hasn't found a win. So right off the bat, I feel, I feel pretty good for this guy, I, the, this team. I do f- feel like this is a, a nice bounce back game just to have the team kind of gather its confidence back up not saying that the confidence is completely shattered and lost but just to regain their composure to go out and play out their system it's it's very difficult to say much about this timber side because i honestly don't know they have they they, they have such a good squad like so deep in all positions they have the best defensive mid in my opinion one of the best attacking players, one of the two best attacking players, in my opinion, in the league. And they are struggling. And the worry is that they'll just find a game to click. It's like, I'd simply that um, Savarese can be extremely inspiring. Uh, so I, I have optimism, but it's a lot more held back because I don't know what might happen. If Portland click in this game, then I don't know if uh, I can pass... Uh, Diego Chara. I don't know if you can do that. Hmm. That is a good point. Yeah, having cautious optimism. Yeah, because you kind of don't want to be the team that gives Portland either their first win or just giving them serious momentum back in. Yeah, that, that, that is a good point. Let's see. It does look like that Acosta is going to be out for two more weeks. Uh, so that that's kind of a, a loss right there. Uh, what What changes do you feel like the team needs to make going into this game? Well, if if the players are back, then Grayso start, and I think Arangis needs to start. Uh, maybe Jesse starts. Maurer had an, an insane game. A v- very good game, though. I mean, I don't read too much into the Audi player index, but he his Audi player index was over a thousand. And I mean, I don't follow that that much, but I don't recall seeing or hearing of a player that's gone over a thousand. But again. I don't really follow that thing because I don't read too much into it, and people say that's like. You know, I have, gone, I have gone over a thousand. I don't think I've ever seen a goalkeeper go over a thousand after conceding two goals. That's insane. So I mean, if if uh, if Lucci thinks that Maurer has deserved it after the performance he gave, start uh, Maurer. Uh, I think 
in the midfield, I, I'd say Arangis as the inverted winger again. I I really liked how that look looked in the game before Philadelphia. I believe it was, if my memory serves me correct, yeah, it was Arcel. Um, I'd also I'd play Sirio again. I mean, Hayes wasn't spectacular in that game, and Sirio's just been consistent. So I'd say Sirio, Pomical, and Grazo. And then Ferrer up top and Barros out wide. Okay. Yeah, I could, I could, I could go with that. Yeah, going with the Mauer thing. Uh, I'm I, with goalkeepers. I, I'm kind of the under the impression of hey, you just ride the hot hand and, until they do something that convinces you otherwise. I mean, Jimmy did the best that he could given those cir- uh, circumstances. Coming away with six saves, that's really good. So. I would like to see Maurer back in there. I mean, I mean, he to an extent he was given the starting position just based off the violation of team policy, but um, re- regardless of that fact, he he got the starting position and uh, he took it. So I think he's earned it uh, after that performance. But uh, I think the back line stays the same. I would I would really really like to uh, see Bresan though, and um, something that. We've noticed throughout the season so far is now now the team is starting to pick up some injuries here and there. So like with Santis, he's gone through a couple of injuries. Acosta's out. Um, we've seen a couple of hamstring issues. I don't know if this is the point where we start seeing rotation. Uh, maybe in the Philadelphia game, that's probably where we might have first seen it. But um, given given the circumstances, I don't know. I, I think I'm just, me personally, I think I'm just eager to... Uh, just to see Brasan play. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we might see Brasan make a substitute appearance. I don't, I'm not too sure if he starts yet over Hedges or Ziegler, but maybe give one of those two guys a rest, just depending on their condition. I think in uh, third degree, correct me if I'm wrong, but third degree put out in their practice observation saying that Matt was kind of on the side doing a little recovery work, but it was nothing in serious. Maybe we, we give Matt like a sub mat out pending that the game is going well though i think i think i'm only saying this just because i really want to see Brasan play just given how well he did in preseason um i i like your prediction with the midfield uh keep said you in there he he's done a good job uh he's consistent he's growing game by game you can see how he's um his mental evolution of the game where how he's seen the game progress that's getting a whole lot better uh, in these past few games, I think uh, we do need we do need Grezzo in there, help helping solidify being that r- true central anchor in that midfield. Uh, this might be a good game just for Paxson to kind of do do what Paxson does. I do like the Arangis on the playing that false wing role, though I do I do kind of want to see him be that true number ten that we initially brought him in to be. Or at least that's what I thought that he was brought in to be, is to be that true number 10. Or even even better, if he could become an 8 and ha- uh, have a good defensive play, that'd be even great. I do feel like that's where his real potential and skill lies, is in the center of the midfield. But yeah, I do li- like you were saying, I do like the uh, inverted winger, um, that false wing role that he has. And then uh, Ferreira up on top, and then Barrios. My, man, my mind changed. I, I, I'd say that where uh, two tall center backs in Dielna and I think the other one is Cascante. I didn't, um, 
who they regularly start might change based on the fact that they just lost to San Jose. But the last game, sorry, was Mabiel and Tuiloma. And these are two very tall center backs. Mm, yeah, so Jesus might struggle. Yeah, I'd really want to see Odrasek start. I mean, I had a friend who told me that he can't really decide whether the Cobra is good or not because we only sub him for a maximum of 30 minutes. And at that point in the game, the entire team is tired and it's very difficult for a player of his, of his ability, of, of the type of style that he plays, if no one else around him has the energy to do so. And I think that was like apparent in Philadelphia. Like he tried to combine with players, but like no, no one was moving off him. And once Barrios left the field, no one was running off the ball. I mean, I would really like to see Eldrassic play here, especially since Turiloma and Maviala are apparently struggling. So, yeah, I'd start Eldrassic. Yeah, or probably to the dismay of many fans. Oh, no, Baji's still injured. Never mind. But I do, th- or just qu- a quick thing on Baji. Yeah, I do feel like he's done better on the wing than he's done so far in striker role. No, you you know what? You, you saying you would like to see the Cobra play, but... When he comes in, he's got nothing but tired guys around him. You know what that reminds me of? Uh, I don't know. It reminds me of when people were saying, we need to see Cristian Colman with Mauro Diaz on the field together. Because everyone's like, oh, well, those guys only get like five minutes together and you can't. That, you know, that it, to the effect, it kind of reminds me of that. And to an extent, you're right, because we only bring in the Cobra towards the end of the games when everyone's tired or we've already got the result to where get banging in another goal may not be the top priority. Um, despite what's being told to us, uh, we know that, okay, these guys are trying to close out the match. And that's, like we were saying earlier, something that we feel like the team needs to work on. But um, yeah, I would seeing, seeing a Cobra with, um, with, uh, with a fully energized team and actually people providing them a good service is what's needed. Um, to an extent, though, like what how Third Degrees reported saying that, well, the difference between Cobra and Coman is that Coman's doing really well in practice and then he does well in the games, except just for the finishing part. And with Cobra, he's streaky. So, um, yeah, that, that is a concern. But I, I, think, I think you're right in to be cautious or just not be able to tell, hey, is the Cobra good or not? And again, it's a... Uh, I mean, the guy's still transitioning. I mean, we, we don't... Yeah, he told us that, oh, yeah, he goes, everyone here has been fine and nice to me and joking, saying that he wished he had a girlfriend here, but he's glad that Baji doesn't. But, um, yeah, the, 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 I, would th- I would still say that the guy is transitioning, so I'm kind of reserving... Still trying to reserve judgment, but to an extent, based on what I've seen, I mean, he's, he's there. We don't have a large sample size to go off of. So may- maybe this is a good game for him to start against, like you were saying, uh, this two struggling center backs. Maybe this will uh, might ignite something. But uh, I mean, when when uh, he had that goal, or he when he had that shot where Thomas Roberts fed him up to Cobra, and then Cobra took that shot where Ryan finished it. Uh, what's good is that he was saying he goes, yeah, I should have put that away. So he he acknowledges he has the striker instinct. He knows what he should be doing. But um, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, after speaking out my thoughts, um, I do think that this is a, a good game to probably see the Cobra play in. I mean, 
if I, it's not much, but I really want to see him start like start a game. But, like I don't want a five foot seven, hundred forty pound, seventeen um, year old to go against Maviala, one of the tallest center backs in the league. Five, like almost an entire foot of of, of difference, and I, he's going to get dominated there. And I just think the Cobra there has a better opportunity to aid the team than Ferreira does. Yeah, and I feel like with um, Jesus, yes, he does hold a high line, but since he's younger, he's faster, and he's probably... And what we've seen is Jesus is smart when he comes back into the field to get the ball. He's uh, he's smart when he does that, but um, with like those really tall guys, you kind of want someone keeping them occupied. And Co- Cobra knows that he's not fast. Yeah, he'll hustle uh, to charge the back line, but he doesn't have that tendency to drop into the midfield, which creates that gap. Um, the maxi problem, basically. Cobra doesn't doesn't have the maxi problem to. And for for those that might not be getting what I mean is, I mean, I'm not criticizing Maxi's work work rate. You could never critique Maxi's work rate. You know he was working hard. But the thing is, Maxi would run all over the place, and then he'd get the balls either somewhere in the midfield. Basically, Maxi was out of position, and that didn't help the team. And with our strikers that we have now, we don't have that problem. But Cobra kind of knows that, okay, I'm, I'm old, I'm not that fast. So he'll have a tendency to stay higher up. He'll basically stay wherever the defense is. And like you were saying, I do feel like those positional battles and 1v1s, Cobra would be, a, would be a better fit for that. So yeah, maybe, the, who knows, this probably would be, would be a good game to see him uh, play. And even if he doesn't score, I do think that um, this might help us get a better feel for who he is as a player overall. Let's see. And then after the uh, Portland game, we've got uh, North Texas SC's second game in franchise history. And they'll be taking on America's favorite um, Flamingo, Flamingo team forward Madison FC. Uh, how are you feeling about this one? Uh, I can't wait to see those uh, forward Madison FC kits in person. That team on social media is awesome. I mean, I'm also extremely excited to finally see North Texas again. To be fair, again, there are many on, on, on social media, but I am more, like, there are some moments where I'm more excited to see North Texas play. It's just like, just so much fun. It's so much fun to see these kids just go out there. Uh, right? If Edwin is starting. Do you keep Cervani on the bench? Who plays next to Chada? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point because um, I think <sighs> my memory is probably failing me. But I think you got to have like a, a like a tentative list of personnel oh, like 24 hours before. So, yeah, you, you, we, we, we might not be able to do the whole, okay, if Cervani doesn't play, then throw him straight into the... Yeah, that's a good point. I, the, but the thing is, I think both he, both Saranya and Hayes and Sarillo are on the tentative roster for North Texas SC. Mm-hmm. I think probably based on performances this week is whether or not what play, what player here is going to go to North Texas, which one's going to FC Dallas' bench, and which one is starting against. Right, Brown. right. Okay, well, let's see. To help us walk us through, let, let's talk. Let's see. Let's see who's going to be on the FC Dallas bench. So. It looks like you and I both have Jimmy starting, so Jesse's going to be on the bench. Or do you think Jesse will, st- will, will or will we see um, Jesse start with North Texas just like how Jimmy did? 
I think that's what might happen, actually. That might happen. Man, I just want to see Avila's play. Like, he's been rostered by FC Dallas for around two years. And we've heard so much hype, especially from the Mexican national team, the fact that he's starting for the youth national team. And we just haven't seen him play. I would love – I would love, my ideal scenario would be Maurer on FC Dallas' bench and Zobek on North Texas' bench. But that, that probably won't happen. I will say that um, from the little bit that I've seen in practice and just kind of following the uh, youth Mexican national team system, Aviles definitely is uh, a, a potential goalkeeper, but I don't think he's um, like all out, all out uh, really good. And to an extent, uh, goalkeeper, goalkeeping is a little different because you're, you're kind of in the back and you, there, yes, you got to do the year, you got to set up your defense but you don't have, um, I guess, as much ball time, if that makes any sense. So, like, with the field player, you get touches in different spots of the field, and that, like, help builds up your skill and potential. With the goalkeeper, it's a little bit different. Uh, the equivalent of touches for goalkeepers is actually playing whole games. So, just from the little bit that I've seen, Aviles is still very, very raw. I would think that maybe Aviles starts against a team that maybe not as good as Ford Madison? To be fair, Madison just lost to uh, Red Bulls 1-0, so... I do think that overall, th- this probably might be a good game to see uh, Aviles start in, like you were saying. Um, yeah, l- let's, let's give this kid game time, like you were saying. We've seen, we've, he's been in the, on a USL contract for some time now, and uh, I do think that he does deserve to, to play. Okay, so we, we, it looks like we've kind of figured out our goalkeeping. Um, just to go back and answer your, your other question about Cervania, uh, who, are, who else are going to be the other subs on the FC Dallas bench? Probably Bresson is going to be one of them, for sure. Uh, you know what? I say that now, but then granted, given what we've seen, you would think you want to play Bresson, so then you say, oh, okay, does Bresson start? But then you have Breck Evans and um, Callum Montgomery, who I feel like are probably going to be your more your more consistent starters for North Texas. I think that I don't think Brisson or be on North Texas SC's roster. A mainly because he's not on the provisional roster that was released at the beginning of the of the season because Brisson is a player from a high caliber team from a high caliber league, and if you decide to drop him for a North Texas SC game. That might not be great for his morale, looking logistically here. Um, honestly, based on Hedges dogging the, the the three days before the important game, you might start Brisson and put Hedges on the bench. I don't think Brisson will ever go lower than the bench at any point. I don't think he'll. I don't think Hucci will risk that. Is it fair to say that you and I are just like Brisson hypers right now? Because <laughs> I, I feel I basically feel like that's what we've been doing. I mean, granted, I do feel like we're justified in in the hype that we're giving Brasan, though. See, he started like two, three years for the one of the best in South America. Like, Grêmio. I mean, he's one of the biggest teams basically in the whole world. That 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 says something, right? I mean, and he's he's really good too. I mean, you got. You can go back and watch a whole bunch of Brazilian league games in the Copa Libertadores where he's playing and he's good. 
So, okay, we are justified. We are justified in that. No, but I'm excited, like you're saying, I'm excited overall just for uh, North Texas, just to see another North Texas game um, in general. Uh, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a long, long night. I really hope the weather holds out. It, do, it doesn't look like, I don't know, I don't know, this is, I don't think we, I can recall a season where the weather basically has not been friendly at all. I don't think we've had good, supposedly good or perfect weather for a single game this season so far. I, I always remember it either it raining or being cold. And it looks like this Saturday it's going to be raining, unfortunately, for, for two really good games. I mean, it is what it is. It's still spring. I mean... It's Texas. But, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't go from rainy to blazing hot. I, I, like, I hope there's something in. Oh, yeah. It, d- it doesn't need to be Houston. Yeah. Or just rain and then warm, disgusting humanness. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I'm excited. Yes, uh, I'm, the thing with North Texas that I'm most excited for is definitely just the, uh, the front line. Uh, we, just seeing Dante Sealy and Ricardo Pepe together. And then um, Romero, and then Arturo Rodriguez, and then um, Jada. You could maybe start one of the academy kids, but I don't think it's GA Cup like in a couple of days. So, yeah, no. Well, the thing, like, uh, I'm glad that you bring that up. Uh, definitely, everyone, go check, go check out GA Cup. That that's a good way to support uh, your local teams. Um, no, yeah, because we got Jake, FC Dallas is being in GA Cup, and then you also got um, Dallas Cup 40 happening this year. I do feel like that um, we'll probably see Brian Reynolds, Thomas Roberts, and Edwin Cedillo all eligible to play for that. And I do feel like that those three guys will get the majority of um, uh, big playtime with them. Yeah, like you were saying, Brandon Cervania was that other midfielder. And then you got Kevin Bonilla, who is the left back, and then Callum... Breck Evans and then Brian Reynolds. So, like, I maybe this is a tangent not worth going off of, but that left back role to see, you could say he's the weakest, but man, there's so much competition on that side. Yeah, you've got um, Ryan Hollingshead, Marquinhos Pedroso, um, John Nelson. Then on North Texas SC, you've got Kevin Bonilla, Almaguer, I think, and player that is rostered but wasn't at that game. Hino Hosa, so a lot of them with talent. I think uh, that's in my opinion in that game because um, Almaguer like let in the second goal. I think it was his fault. Uh, I was impressed with Bonilla, and this first time he played really well. Worth noting, Parley kits are coming. Oh yeah, Parley kits are coming. Uh, I think they look a whole lot better this year. Last year it was just kind of the black and white. This year they got that blue hue to it, which I I like it. But I don't know about you. What do you think of the Parley kits? Serious kid is one of my favorite kits that I've got. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> I, I I got re- I saw it and I just I, I think I made a like split second decision to buying it because I knew it was like very few in stock. Mm-hmm. But, like almost immediately after they announced it. Nice. Wait, you bought this year's or last year's? Last year's. Oh okay okay that's cool. I don't know. I'm on the fence of getting this year's. Well. Even if I do decide, I'm pretty sure they'll all be gone anyways. So I would just say that the blue, the the the, the blue one, the one that the, the opposite one that Sidas has, I really like that one. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it it's it's a little unfortunate that um, Dallas is the uh, 
road team for this one because they're they're coming out next. They they take into effect next week's game, so FC Dallas is on the road, which is which is a shame. I do like what the home teams are wearing better than the road, only because it kind of it. I don't know. I like the I like the more blue color. Well, I do think that's almost everything. But this is a just a nice episode for us to get back back into uh, providing episodes for you guys. It is something that we do want to uh, bring out to you on a more consistent basis. But um, just just a little, not to keep you guys in the dark. Uh, apologies that it did take so long. Life does happen and get in the way, and life does throw stuff at us. But um, Ismail, thank you very much for joining. Uh, hopefully we uh, catch up again until next time.